Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Female Founders Network, a podcast brought to you by invoice to go I'm your host, Nat, and I'm joined by my co-host, Sylvie. Hey, everyone. We record our show in the Forbes Street studio in downtown Sydney, Australia, but we bring guests from all over the world. So you'll hear people from the U.S., the United Kingdom, Europe, the Asia Pacific, anywhere that we find women who lead and inspire others. This is a great podcast for women who are navigating business ownership, leadership, or just life. Each episode should connect you with someone else's story, but also leave you with practical tips and advice that you can use in your own life and in your own business. Hi guys, today we're talking to Claire Netley. She's a marketing exec turned yoga instructor turned life coach. Claire helps burned out, stressed out, overworked and underappreciated women reclaim their time, energy and freedom by setting healthy boundaries. So in this episode, we're talking about how Claire started her coaching business and how you can set boundaries in business and in life. Hey, welcome to the Female Founders Network. Today we have Claire Netley. She is a UK-born mindfulness, well-being, and yoga life coach guru who does a little bit of it all. She talks a lot about boundaries and she knows how to set them. So we have a really great conversation to share with you today with Claire. Hey, Claire. Thank you. Welcome. <laughs> I'm really, really excited to be here and talking about my favorite topic. <laughs> awesome. So we want to know about you. You're from the UK. You've had a really interesting life. Tell us about it. Yeah, yeah. So yes, born in the UK, moved to Australia when I was 28. My career started out in the music industry in London. And then I ended up working in marketing and advertising agencies. And uh, about 10 years ago, I worked in sports marketing yeah. and launched uh, the Melbourne Big Bash team, uh, cricket team, the Melbourne Renegades. Wow. And um, it was after that that I suffered burnout and yes. sort of pivoted and went, okay, the, what I'm doing is not working the way that I'm doing things because how we do one thing is how we do everything, right? Yeah. And and yeah. so I knew that um, with burnout, I was kind of the common denominator in the problems in my life. So yeah. I decided to take the journey inwards and got into yoga and meditation and then studied for two years to become a yoga teacher. Yeah. And then that kind of took me into the area of boundaries. And then that became a really big passion of mine because learning to set boundaries for me was really, really challenging, really difficult and very uncomfortable at times. And now I help women set their boundaries themselves in their own life because they're the, for me, they were the biggest game changer in my life and, and in my wellness, really. Yeah. So in the States, we call that a life coach. Do you call yourself a life coach? Uh, not really. I'm sort of, uh, I mean, yes, but also, um, I think there's much more to it because I weave through the mindfulness stuff. And, and it's funny, actually, you say about, um, being a life coach, some of my yeah. clients call me that and they say that what I give them are really skills to skills and tools to deal with life. Right. Mm -hmm. So yes, you know, there's a life coaching element, there's the mindfulness element, I really teach people to get in touch with themselves, connect back to their being to their feelings to becoming really more authentic, you know, and authentic authenticity is a bit of a buzzword at the moment, but yeah. it's really about being 
who we are and not hiding who we are. I think so many people wear a mask and we see each other's masks and we don't see the person underneath. And what I try to do is, is help people take off that mask so they can be who they really are because who they really are is perfect. So I weave together all those things and, and help people just really become more of who they are. Yeah. Do you, so do you serve, um, female clients or female and male clients? Mostly females. Mostly female. Would you say like 80% or 90% female? Probably 90%. Yeah. Why is that? Because I think, uh, and I'm going to make a sweeping generalization here, but I think that men are much better at setting boundaries. They're much better at saying no. Yeah. And I think women really, really struggle with it. A lot of women, not all women. There's plenty of women I know that have great boundaries, but um, the ones that I deal with really struggle with it. You know, they struggle with resentment. They struggle with guilt. They right. struggle with they struggle with being themselves. You know, yeah. if I say what I want or need, and often they don't even know what they want or need. Yeah. But if I say what I want or need, you know, it's going to end in conflict. It's going to end in the person leaving me. Yeah. Um, so that's a lot of the stuff that I deal with, and it, and it does seem to be very much um, associated with with women. Women seem to really resonate with the work that I do. Yeah. Yeah. I know in my own personal life, like you know whether it's work or in a personal relationship of mine, when I find that someone isn't giving me something that I need, I'll try to demonstrate that quality to them. Like I'll be more empathetic mm-hmm. and or whatever, and then just hope that mm-hmm. they pick up on it and follow my example. You know, I think that women do <laughs> yeah. that a lot rather than like they, expressing it. Yeah, they do. And hints don't work. No. Hints right. do not work. We right. have to be really clear on our needs and communicate them. And and I remember having to learn, I I remember seeing this therapist early on in my boundaries journey and I was living with this girl and she didn't want to empty the dustbin. Yeah. And so I really wanted her to contribute to emptying the dustbin. Right. I can relate to this. (laughs) Yeah, right. And that's the thing. It's these common things in our everyday lives that can really distract us from what's important. Right. And um, For those in the States, what's a dustbin? Can we just... A garbage. Trash. Trash. It is your trash trash can. Okay, keep going. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah. Um, So he said to me, you're going to have to say to her, I want you. And I was like, I can't say that. And he... (laughs) He was like, what do you mean? I said, I can't say I want. I didn't know how to say I want, I need, I would like. I just did not know how to say those things without sort of having quite a physical response in my body. Yeah. Yeah. I want Uh, you to empty the trash and not leave it up to me all the time. Yeah. 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 And, and it's so straightforward, right? When, when right. you say it like that, it's so straightforward, but it's this internal conflict yeah. that a lot of women have around, oh, I can't express myself and I can't express my needs because yeah. if I do, something bad is going to happen. So was this what led to your burnout? Was the feeling that you couldn't say no at work? Yes. I said yes to all manner of things. I struggled to say no at work. I would just take on more and more and work later and later. Yeah. Um, so I had to learn how to have those conversations. I, I, I felt so responsible for other people and right. for my employer and for, I just, I had so much over responsibility for things that weren't my responsibility. I didn't, I wasn't clear on what my responsibility was and wasn't. And I had to get really clear on that because 
when we feel overly responsible for other people's feelings, we don't set boundaries because if we do, then we think, well, the other person's going to be upset and that's my responsibility. But I'm an adult. I'm not responsible. And the, the person that I'm dealing with, if the person I'm dealing with is an adult, I am absolutely not responsible for their feelings, their reactions. They're an adult. They're responsible for right. it. So it was about getting clear on what my responsibilities are and aren't. And that's ultimately what boundaries are. They're about responsibility, taking responsibility for my life, my wants, my needs, my happiness, my joy, and expecting that you as an adult will do the same thing for your life. Right. So could you give us a specific example about like when you knew, like maybe I was at work this one time and this happened and I knew I was burnt out. Like some people are probably struggling to recognize Mm -hmm. that they're burnt out or it's time to go out on their own or it's time to set boundaries or whatever. Like what was that moment that you just knew? Yeah. And how is it different to just like general stress? Like sometimes we're just freaking tired. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it's, but it's when that becomes a repeat pattern. When we're always tired. And when someone in our life says to us, you're always tired. I always hear you talking about how tired you are or you're always busy or you, you know, I I stopped laughing. I would cry a lot. So a big thing for me was crying. That's when I know I'm super stressed. Uh, And I remember Christmas Day, it was 2011. It was Christmas Day and I had Mm. Christmas Day with my folks and I could barely speak. And my parents were like, you are so wiped out. And, you know, my hormones went out of whack. There was a whole heap of things that just my adrenals were shot to pieces. I had no energy. Um, It's really physical symptoms. Your body will tell you. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, the body always tells us. And, um, yeah, and my mental health was kind of going downhill. It was just a whole myriad of things. And I... And I just remember thinking, what is wrong with me? It was like this compulsive doing that I yeah. had. I was a compulsive doer. Yeah. I didn't know how to be. Yeah. I couldn't, I sit, couldn't still. sit still. Yeah. 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 And, the, you know, the idea of actually sitting with myself was excruciating. Yeah. Whereas now it's one of the things I'm most comfortable with. Do you think that you based your self-worth on your productivity? Oh, totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, yeah. I I got my my self worth through external sources. So for me, it was very much through my work, um, through achievement, and it doesn't work because it's it you know it gets us in this cycle of never enough. Yeah. Whatever we do will never be enough. Right. And when I realised that my self worth was not in anything outside of myself. Oh, so freeing. I was like, oh, I don't have to do that thing because my self-worth is not tied up in it. Okay. All right. I want to take, I want to just for the women out there who are listening all over the world who are like, man, I'm burnt out. I'm ready. You know, so you, you wanted to do something different. Mm. Uh, You decided enough was enough. So what Mm -hmm. did your journey look like from being a burnt out person in a competitive industry, you know, working for someone else? to becoming the small business owner that you are today and really your business of one, I'm assuming? Yes. Okay. Yes. It's just me. So yeah. what did that look like for you? Uh, it was a long transition. It was a really long transition. The first part was getting well yeah. um, because the thing is, right, if we, it's like I said before, how we do one thing is how we do everything. Yeah. So I was very much, I, I call myself a recovering type A yeah, <laughs> personality. So the way that I was in the corporate world 
was then the way that I was in the yoga world. Right. So I ended up taking on the role as I was vice president and then president of Yoga Australia, which is the peak body for yoga in Australia. Right. In the US, you have Yoga Alliance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so I just transferred the same behavior to yoga, you know, and I, and I was just, I was doing all this high energy kind of power practices. And then, and then I kind of realized I couldn't actually do it. You know, my body started to break down. I had um, back issues, all this sort of stuff. So my body was again, kind of going, no. Can I ask you while you were in that Mm. stage, that like competitive Mm. yogi kind of almost, did you get into the Instagram thing? Like, did that play into no. it okay no just because no, they're all never, over Instagram and it's part of it's part of the thing but keep going it, yeah it is yeah, yeah yeah no that was never really my thing okay um I wasn't and I'm using this term in inverted commas okay I wasn't a I don't even want to say good enough because that's not what yoga is about but right. in my mind at the time where I was in my journey you know, it was about being kind of good enough. So I didn't think I could do all the, you know, super flexible poses. I now have a totally different understanding of yoga and asana and biomechanics and all those things. Um, But yes, I, my, my body was my blessing because it broke down and I couldn't do all the things I wanted to do. And so I had to learn to sit still and sitting still and slowing down was excruciating. It was so counterintuitive to me. Right. And it was by far the best thing that ever happened because I was in this, it was like I said before, this addiction to doing. So I had to slow down and I had to get really comfortable with being uncomfortable and I had to meet myself. Yeah. So that was kind of a big part of it. Um, and then I started to pull back from things. And I ended up resigning from the Yoga Australia presidency after a year as an act of self-care and kind of going, you know, I can't set up a business, work part-time and be president of Yoga Australia. Yeah. Because I started to realize that nothing I did would make me happy. Right. Yeah. And so I just, yeah, I just started kind of peeling back, peeling back, dropping things, dropping lots of different things. Uh, and that was hard to do because I felt like I was letting people down. But I I wanted to really kind of set an example about um, self-care, you know, and, and taking that responsibility for myself. And then working part time. So I reduced my hours at work. And I, honestly, I spent about a year just working part time and practicing and journaling and just, yeah, just kind of finding out what wanted to come up. And, and then I sort of dove into boundaries and I thought, this is where my passion lies. This is where I see a lot of people need help. So that's the direction that I'm now going in and that's where I coach women and it's early days. Um, but I'm really excited to be doing this work and sharing what I've learned. Um, and, and people are really resonating with it. I feel like at the moment with the pandemic, there's a lot of people who have been forced to slow down yeah. and are spending mm. a lot more time alone and and that's causing them to self-reflect and stuff. And obviously you've mentioned journaling. What would your advice be to women now who are in sort of in this state where they're, they're having to slow down and, and how you can handle those feelings of, I guess, is it frustration, uh, loss? Self-loathing for me yeah. when I do <laughs> Personally, <laughs> oh. I think um, I would say this is where the mindfulness comes in, right? There's, 
what I had to do is let things come to the surface right. because there was a lot that I was running from and yeah. I just had to let it all come up. So if I wanted to cry, I let myself cry. Yeah. If I wanted to get angry, I let myself get angry. I learned to really express my feelings rather yeah. than suppress them yeah. and express them appropriately. But, um, you know, we, we have this idea, I think a lot of it is that anger is bad or sadness is bad or I shouldn't feel this or I should feel that. And, and there's this kind of toxic po- positivity, I think, yeah. out there as well that's right. really unhelpful because we're human beings and we have yeah. the whole gamut of yeah. emotions, men and women. Yeah. And when we try to push our feelings down, it doesn't work because they will come back up or they will surface in some other way. They manifest as physical illness or, you know, they come out at really inappropriate times. In arguments with other people unnecessarily. Yeah. Yeah. Or like arguments over silly things that just become massive, like, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and where the you know the the person that we're yelling at it has absolutely nothing to do with them. Yeah. So I would say you know if you are if you are isolated and, and feeling alone, a I would reach out and get help. There is nothing wrong with ringing someone up and saying I'm lonely and I'm struggling right now. Right. We all need to do more of that. Yeah, and if you're the person on the receiving end of that. I would say don't try to fix it because it's not wrong. It just, it's what we're feeling and our feelings aren't wrong. Yeah. Our feelings are, are feelings are messengers and all they want to do is they want to be heard and acknowledged. Yeah. And then when they're heard and acknowledged, then they move on. Yeah. But if we keep them kind of stuffed down, then, you know, like I said before, it, it doesn't work and it's not good for us. So That's what so I would say is if, you know, if, if you are in isolation and you're having to kind of, you know, sit still and be with your feelings, allow whatever's there to be there and, uh, and allow it to come up and thank it. And don't be surprised if you cry and laugh and yeah. get angry. And, you know, I've got a I've got a baseball bat in my cupboard and if I get angry, I just smash a pillow. It's great. It's great therapy. (laughs) And exercise. (laughs) Bonus. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Fitness and wellness all in one. So for you, okay, so you started Mm -hmm. your journey, you know, first started with healing yourself. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, obviously you're a certified yoga instructor, so it involves some training. How did you become an expert in setting boundaries? Uh, Self-study, really. There's no way you can, I think, there's no way you can study that. And I think it came from doing the work myself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, that's ultimately what it is. I've done the work myself. Right. And that's, and that kind of helps me to help other women because I've been where they are and I coach and mentor women now and they ring me up and they say, I'm really struggling with this. And I'm like, oh yeah, I've been there, you know, and, and sort of help them out and, and share what's worked for me. And we try different strategies and tactics because everyone's, everyone's so different, you know, and some of us will have great boundaries at work but not in our personal life. Some of us will have great boundaries in our personal life or or, or 
our work but not with our family family's a big one for people so yeah it's really based on on my own experience and and studying a lot about sort of dynamics relationship dynamics that sort of thing and and when something is because boundaries are ultimately about having healthy relationships you know so what are healthy relationships look like what are unhealthy relationships look like because I've been in plenty of unhealthy relationships in the (laughs) past yeah you know and and um healthy relationships depend on good boundaries yeah so you've done this self-study and you're this kind of continual learning right to Mm. to always be kind of a student of this of healthy relationships and that kind of thing Mm. so when did you say, okay, I have expertise now that I want to share with others, want to share mm-hmm. with the world, and I am now going to kind of um, sell myself and my services as mm-hmm. this life coach or, you know, mentor, whatever you want to call yourself. What did that look like? I mean, just I'm asking because there's so many women out there who have expertise in certain things, but we get, mm-hmm. or at least I do, I get a bit of imposter syndrome. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you like I'm I've been in marketing for 15 years and sometimes I'll be like, oh, I'm sorry. But in my opinion, you know, and I'll apologize for myself or yeah. get shy. You kind of I don't know. So I think there are probably women out there who are, you know, in your position where they've built up knowledge in a thing and they just got to mm. take that next step of, of acknowledging their expertise and selling themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And just and owning it, you know, and, and trusting it. If, if it's a calling, I think trust that. And it's about starting to put yourself out there and yeah. see how people respond. And, and it's kind of as there wasn't, was there any one particular moment? I think what it was for me was it was a feeling again in my body of playing around with different ideas and is it this is it that is it mindfulness is it yoga is it coaching what what is it you know and and it's kind of all of those things but and boundaries teaching people boundaries encompasses absolutely all of those things because we have to be able to feel our feelings we have to be in our body so yeah it kind of pulls all of those things in together but what I looked at was what am I most passionate about because I was teaching asana classes I was teaching yoga classes and going it's not this it's yeah. not this and the thing that fires me up the thing that gets me excited the most the thing that I could talk about for hours is boundaries and yeah. so it was observing my own kind of passion and behavior and then thinking okay great now I know what it is and then just yeah just kind of starting you know and talking to people and and seeing what resonates it's funny I, I spoke at a we've got a festival here in Australia called the Seven Sisters Festival which yeah. is a women's well-being festival And I applied to speak about boundaries and I've done other things before and had no one turn up and I've run courses and workshops and no one comes and I think, oh my God. And then I did this talk on boundaries and I had 300 women without even trying and I went, Okay, um, so that's what that, <laughs> this is what it is, you know. This yeah. is obviously Worth resonating. Yeah. So Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's and I think, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's old and it's been said time and time again, but it's, you know, follow your passion, follow what you're passionate about, follow what your calling is and, and just, I think, just build it from there. But it, it takes time, you know, and, and I have held down a part-time job for a long time to kind of support me while I'm building this business. Mm-hmm. Do you think that was necessary yeah. for you to be able to, to build this in a healthy way so that you weren't stressed about income? Yes, exactly. Absolutely. And I didn't want to be looking at my clients in a a sort of desperate way as my next paycheck. You know, I needed to be able to 
let my clients go. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not their job to, cause it sets up an unhealthy dynamic. It's not their job to support me financially. That's my responsibility. Right. And to ensure that my business is in a place where, you know, if a client cancels, I don't go into a spiral, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, yeah. it's that, okay, yeah. That's that's fine. That's what you need to do. And, and there needs to be this letting go of of my clients in yeah. order to serve them well. I think right, especially with what you do, they probably learn for a certain amount of time, and at some point, they feel like they might have the tools that they need to have a healthier yeah. life. So that's a success for you, right? Yes. Like you've gotten them yeah. to where they need to be. So I think that's really interesting that you you're like, okay, I'm going to start raising my profile. I'm going to start offering my services you know, sharing my expertise with the world. But my choice is to have a part-time job so I don't have to worry about the financial stuff and then grow my my business as well. I think that's mm. pretty cool because some people think yeah. you have to just quit and, and jump all in or it's not going to work, mm. you know? Yeah. And I've tried that before and it just causes stress, you know, unnecessary stress and anxiety. So yeah, I think it's, it's much better to to take it slow and know that and get it to a stage where you can release the the part-time job without that kind of stress. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really good business advice. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So this podcast is obviously it's called the Female Founders Network. We have a ton of women who run businesses, you know, are high up in a business, are leaders in some way, are a part owner of a business. So I'm sure that you've got women and your clientele or experiences with people who are in charge of others and who are, you know, kind of in a leadership position. So I was wondering if you could either describe scenarios or give advice in some way for women who might be founders or owners of companies. Okay. The, the sort of dealing with boundary issues. Yeah. yeah. Like how do you set healthy boundaries for with employees or As clients and customers? Yeah. yeah. Just things that yeah. could be unique. Some some might apply to all women, but some I, there are specific challenges that women in leadership positions face that, you know, you might mm. not face otherwise. Yeah. Well, the first one that comes to mind, um, I had a client who was running a, her own business and she had a client of her own that would call her all hours, like after kind of standard business hours, weekends, yeah. evenings. Yeah. And she just didn't know how to deal with it. And she she said, you know, the client was really challenging and she wanted to learn how to how to set a boundary with this person. So we talked about her having a conversation with him and saying, you know, the relationship's really important. I want to do my best to serve you, but these are my business hours and I'm not going to take calls outside of these hours. Yeah. And of course he didn't listen. So yeah. <laughs> because some people respect our boundaries and some people don't hear them. Yeah. They just don't hear them. So we have to kind of, you know, try different things or get a little bit firmer. So I said, well, now you've set the boundary. So you have to honor that. So he would call evenings and weekends and she wouldn't pick up. And then he would get angry at her on the Monday and say, why didn't you return my call? And she would say, and it was really difficult for her to not return his call yeah. and to not mm -hmm. respond. So she had to learn to sit with the guilt of that. Yeah. Unearned guilt, by the way. Um, but yeah. she had, you know, she had to learn to sit with that, right? So that's where the mindfulness comes in. This is really uncomfortable. It's new because when we're learning a new skill, it is uncomfortable and bound 
boundaries are terribly uncomfortable if they're new territory for you. So he would ring her on the Monday and she'd say, look, let's call him John. I don't remember his name. Look, John, I told you I'm not available evenings and weekends. I'll talk to you in office hours. Mm -hmm. Now, what can I do for you today? How can I help you? And she just wouldn't get into it with him. And eventually he learned. So it was about her setting the boundary, honoring that and sticking to it and being really clear because a lot of people try to dress up their boundaries in a pretty bow. Okay. <laughs> what does it's that just mean? about so they try and wrap it up so that people don't get offended. You know, uh, yeah, I'm going to yeah. wrap up my boundary in lots of unnecessary words okay. and try and soften the blow. Yeah, yeah. But what we have to do is be really clear, really yeah. clear. Um, and the less words, the better. Yeah. So um, that's what she did with him. Uh, and in terms of employees, it's, I don't know, there's so many different scenarios, right? I mean, a great first boundary is um, identifying your employees' roles and responsibilities and holding right. them accountable right. to that. Yeah. That's that's a great first boundary. And then if they're not meeting that, so we have to clearly state our expectations. So if you've right. got an employee, you want to let that employee know because it gives them a sense of safety. Okay, here's the expectations of my boss. Right. Here's, um, here's the boundaries, here's how far I can go and allow, you know, your employee to kind of flex a little bit. But if they get to a stage where you're not happy, then you put the boundary in, in, in place, you know, and it might be, I don't know, let's say, let's say the employee keeps coming in late and you don't want them to keep coming in late. So you book a meeting with them and you sit down and you say, look, it's my expectation that you'll be here at nine o'clock. What's going on for you that you can't get in on time? And you have a conversation about it. But right. we have to clearly communicate the issue because if we don't, like we said before, hints don't work, passive aggressive behavior doesn't work. It's just about being really clear because we all have different ideas about how things should be, right? And yeah. if I'm the boss and I value punctuality, but my employee doesn't think it's important, then there needs to be a conversation around that. You know? What if so, someone has a boss or a business partner or whatever, and they express their boundary and then their boundary or a client, whatever, and then that person takes offense to the boundary or is, you know, disagrees or argues with the boundary or tries to justify themselves? What techniques do you use then? So I would say if I expressed, it depends on the context, but let's say I said no to something right. and my business partner didn't like it. So first of all, I would allow the other person to not like my boundary. That's totally fine. Not everyone's going to like my boundaries. Right. If it was an issue that was really important to them and there was a lot of back and forward, then I would work out what are my negotiables with this issue and what are my non-negotiables? Because we all have those. It's kind of like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm happy to flex a little bit on this, but this is like my bottom line. So we have to be really clear on that. And then we have to own that. And we just say, look, this is my bottom line. I'm sorry. This is how I feel about it. It's not going to change. Right. And I'm happy to work with you on how we can make this work 
for you a little better in some other way, but you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to change on this particular issue. So it's just holding to it, you know, and it's, it's having that kind of, I guess, strong stomach to hold on and and assert it. Yeah. Yeah. Confidence too. I think insecurity goes a lot, you know, hand in hand with Mm -hmm. not setting boundaries. Yes. And know your own worth and realize that what you want is just as important. It's important. Like as what, as you know, making sure someone else is happy. I think that's really important. Right. One of the things that I have noticed is, I think Nat alluded to it earlier, is how tone of voice plays into setting healthy boundaries and the way that we word things. Do you think Mm. women struggle to be assertive in their tone? Yeah, I do. I do. Obviously not all women, but I think there's a lot of women that do. And I think we, many of us are raised to be nice. Uh, I was, you know, a nice girl and a people pleaser. And I think it is really important to kind of, yeah, find that tone, speak clearly. And, And tone of voice does make a big difference. And I remember being out before lockdown <laughs> a long time ago. I was out one night uh, with a girlfriend of mine and she's got really good boundaries. And this guy came up and he was kind of hassling her. And, yeah. and she, you know, at first she was polite and she was kind of, you know, no thanks, go away. And yeah. and then he came back and tried again. And, and as time went on, he was getting a bit more drunk and a bit more confident, you right. know. And, yeah, and, yeah. and each time her voice just escalated a little just escalated it's probably not the right word it, it almost um the tone got a bit sharper okay yeah yes gotcha. yes sterner perfect yeah. word to the point where in the end she just put her hand up and she said no <laughs> and he just went off with his tail between his legs and, oh, and I thought brilliant you know but yeah. it's he was not going to respond to anything less than that because right. different people have different experiences. So sometimes yeah. we, and I remember, you know, asserting boundaries sometimes and thinking, oh my God, I sound so mean. Yeah. But to the other person, it was nothing. But right. to me, because I had been, you know, raised as this kind of nice girl, yeah. people pleaser, uh, which I think is common to a lot of women and, um, especially in the UK, you know, we're terribly polite. Right. So I had to kind of, and Australia knocked a little bit out of that, uh, a yeah. little bit of that out of me, which is good. <laughs> yeah, uh, I found that but, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Women in the States, it's, we have to smile all the time and we have to apologize yeah. for ourselves. <laughs> That's basically yeah. the two requirements for being well-liked in the States. If you're not smiling or if you're not apologizing for yourself, you're a mean girl. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, it's it's okay to not be liked. And right. I remember a big turning point actually for me was I was at a family gathering and one of my parents' friends said to me, you are one of the nicest people I've ever met. Yeah. And I thought to myself, oh, my God, that's not good. That's not good. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I don't want to be one of the nicest people because it just – because I think it was already in there that I, I was being this kind of nice girl. And it's not authentic, you know, it's, yeah. it's not authentic. Yeah. And I thought, oh, I've got to change that. But you right. can be nice yeah. and not a pushover. You can be kind. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah you can be kind yeah. but still have boundaries. It's not yeah. a one or the other thing. No. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and, we don't have to cases, go around. Yeah. In some cases, it's kinder. It's kinder behavior to set boundaries because then you're not setting unrealistic expectations with people. 
Yeah, and then yeah, resenting them internally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's, um, I think it gives people permission to do the same. And I, you know, in our relationships, we both, in a healthy relationship, both parties should be free. So when we set boundaries, we yeah. have to expect that other people will set boundaries for us. Right. And that was quite uncomfortable for me at first when other people started setting boundaries with me. I was like, oh, that's new territory. You know, people were saying no. <laughs> to me now and yeah but it was it was great you know it was it was really good because it's it's what healthy relationships are built on it's very freeing yeah, yeah. it's very freeing we're, we're about out of time because it's been so <laughs> awesome talking to you and we just <laughs> lost track of time is there you know one more piece of advice you'd give other women out there whether it's setting boundaries for their personal lives starting their own businesses whatever it is is there anything else that you'd like to say to everyone yeah, I would say start by recognizing when a boundary has been crossed and, and do that by feeling it. So we feel it, right? When someone's kind of crossed over a boundary, we know, we feel it in our gut or somewhere in our body. So the first thing is awareness. And and once we've got awareness, we can start to go, okay, I didn't like that. All right, what do I want to do about it? And then we sort of get clarity on, okay, that's not, that's not great. I don't want to accept that again. So what will I do next time? Yeah. So being kind to ourselves and recognizing that we don't have to respond in the moment, there will be other opportunities to set our boundaries Yeah. and going gently, going slowly, because it can be really uncomfortable and start small, start with little things, start with strangers, you know, if you want to, but start with Start with small things, especially in the areas where you're not so confident. And look at the areas where you are confident. What do you do there that you're not doing in the other area? Right. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Claire. You coach people. Do you just coach people here in Australia or do you coach people everywhere? Everywhere. Okay, great. So no matter where you're listening, Claire, where can we find you if someone wants to hire you as a coach? Uh, ClaireNetley.com. So that's C-L-A-I-R-E-N-E-T-T-L-E-Y, ClaireNetley.com. And I'm soon going to be doing a webinar on how to say no. So people jump on my website and um, add themselves to my email list. They get a free yoga nidra, which is a body scan, which is a relaxing body scan to help them get into their body. And then I'll let them know once the webinar is live. So that's going to be a freebie where I talk more about this stuff and give people some strategies on on how to say no. And yeah, just just reach out to me by email or phone if they're in Australia. And yeah, we can chat. That sounds awesome. I'll definitely be tuning in. Yeah. Um, (laughs) P.S. Can I hire you? (laughs) (laughs) Totally. All right. Thank you so much, Claire. Claire. All right. Chat soon. Lovely to chat. So good to meet you. Bye. Bye now. Bye. This podcast was brought to you by Invoice2Go. We're an invoicing and billing app that helps business owners work and get paid from anywhere, at any location around the globe. And we're helping close the gender-based pay gap. Because the current US gender-based pay gap sits at around 19%, listeners of the Female Founders Network podcast will get exactly 19% off of any subscription. Just use the code EMPOWERWOMEN at checkout.